Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Still to come on today's show at 150 NHL today for elite promotional marketing as well as this day in Oilers history, even though we already alluded to it earlier on. May the 4th be with you, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott. And we are pleased every Monday to be joined by Drew Remenda from our NHL Insider. Drew, we had, I got a, did I say Drew Remenda? I, I had Drew Remenda on our, uh, from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Every Monday we're joined by John Shannon. That's what happens, John, when you try to do three things. I can do two things at once. I can't do three. So our NHL well, insider. I, I hope they're serving you a second round of drinks there at Ched. So. <laughs> I'm at my house. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, maybe Kathy's serving you a, sec- a second round of drinks. Hey, where's the Baileys? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the beauty of working from home is nobody can tell when you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, either that or it's a real discouraging fact that they can't tell you you're drinking when you're on the air. There there we go. Yes, absolutely. Uh, how was your weekend, by the way? Outstanding. It was Outsta- good. Look, got we had Drew done. on the show. I got my garden done. Now I'm good. You got your garden done? Oh, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's bordering on snowing here right now, so it's pretty uh, we're, we're having a cold couple days. John, we're having a cold couple days, but... For whatever reason, and maybe it's pure luck, and maybe it's population density, maybe it's because there weren't a lot of international flights, uh, Edmonton has been, comparatively speaking to the other NHL markets, relatively unscathed uh, when it comes to COVID. Uh, and again, it's still, uh, it's obviously still a very challenging pandemic. We know that. But I know you know what the numbers are here specific to this market. 25 positive cases over a week in which there was over 6,000 tests done. Testing is an important part of this because you want to keep, you know, your finger on the pulse of what's happening in the respective community. We had Bill Daly on the show on uh, Friday. He conceded that absolutely Edmonton's on the radar screen, one of the cities that's going to be providing a, uh, a bid to be a regional host. Um, there are some people that say, John, the, the league should just cash in and conclude the season. How would you respond to those people? Uh, well, uh, the bottom line is uh, uh, on, on either side, I think it's too early from a, a league player perspective uh, to, to, to wave the flag. Um, uh, on the other side, uh, and, 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 and let's face it, from a purely business perspective, uh, I think what the players and the and the league are trying to do is mitigate some of the huge losses that are coming their way, uh, not just now but in years to come. 
uh, and from a fan perspective, uh, the bottom line is, is if you if you can at some time this summer uh, enjoy some NHL hockey, some competitive NHL hockey, um, I, I don't think it matters whether it's August or or April or May, um, and. And, and those that choose not to, then you can enjoy your summer. Uh, but there's a, a ton of people, particularly in this country, that will enjoy the return of the NHL. Yeah. I, can you provide sort of a financial range? What does it mean to the league if maybe we're able to have – we'll simplify. I'll give you a scenario. The teams get uh, seated based on a – points percentage at the 68 game mark which is the fewest amount of games uh, uh one of the te- two of the teams have played so everybody has a 68 game record yep. and then we have a regional play down in four different markets that are tied to divisions okay and everybody plays each other you know once uh in the respective divisions so the pacific and the atlantic and the metropolitan would play 75 games total and the 74 for central yeah then we okay and then in that scenario and then we go to uh, and then we get the four playoff rounds in sure so if we get those games in and it's only tv because we're conceding it's it's not going to be feasible to do fans well certainly not certainly not in august when you're trying to do that but perhaps the world will be in a much better place by the time we get to say a stanley cup final bob that could happen in in october yeah. Okay. Okay. How much? Of, I mean, what are we talking? The difference between playing and not playing this year, out of the well, projected I, I, five billion. I think we've talked about uh, on the show before. Uh, if if everything were were to stop right now, um, the NHL and the players would lose a probably one point two to one point three billion dollars. Um, uh, on top of that, there would be mitigating circumstances that. Uh, particularly on national television, and maybe even some regional television in some of the markets, uh, where because you weren't able to provide or finish the regular season and didn't provide any playoff dates, uh, you would be forced to roll your contract over uh, to another year. So let's put this in perspective. Uh, you and I have talked about tons over the last year about the, you know, the, the pot at the end of the rainbow, two years from now, was supposed to be the new national TV deal in the United States. Yep. So if the NHL was forced to roll over the deal for NBC for another year, which is $200 million U.S. dollars, and for that reason it took them an extra year to sign a new NHL national deal in the United States, and that deal was supposed to be in the seven to $800 million range, that's lost revenue of five to six hundred million dollars on top of the money that you lost during the pause. So there, there are so many different ways to, to look at this that, uh, that, that has repercussions long term for the NHL and for the players because, let's face it, they're in a profit sharing, they're in a business, a partnership that goes 50-50 to salaries and for hockey-related revenue. Uh, so there, there, it's it it really in many ways we say a billion too, but it could be with ramifications bigger than that. So if you want to try to get the playoffs done and the regular season finished of some sort, you could probably mitigate your losses to half of that. Hopefully okay. in a term of of five to six hundred million dollars, which I think that's what everybody's trying to do 
with public safety in mind. Right, absolutely. And again, at now, do you think that there would be the potential, um, the potential for? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I'd word this. Ah, I'll I'll go a different direction. Okay, well, by, hey, by the way, I, I think we'll have a a, a better sense. Uh, you know, the boards, the calls at three o'clock Eastern yes. time. So the calls in about fifteen minutes your time. Um, uh, we're going to have a good sense about the draft. Maybe by the end of the call today, yeah. Uh, uh, the board may decide. Uh, there was nothing confirmed that they that will or will not, but there's a good chance that there'll be a decision on a June draft today. And the other thing is, I think there's a good chance we might understand uh, uh, by the end of the week a little more on the four hub cities. Uh, we might okay. know by Friday where the league and the players and the cities and the provinces and states and the national governments are involved on what's happening with those four hub cities. That That's something that is realistic. Is it your belief Edmonton would be in a good spot? It is, a- a- absolutely. Uh, and as we talked about, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the arena, it's the back of house, it's the, the fact that you are, there are four quality hotels within striking distance of the, uh, of the arena. Uh, there's there are lots of positives that are pointing at Edmonton's way. All right, John, 2021, and I know we, hey, let's just deal with the here and now, but 2021, do you envision a scenario where they would be prepared to start the season if there were no fans? Yeah, I do, because there's just too much revenue at stake. There's just too much money when it comes to television uh, at this point, and it, again, it would be a, a case of mitigating losses. Uh, and sponsorships would still exist. Um, but w- the question then becomes is when does 2021 start? Does it start in October? Uh, does it start in November? Um, and, and really, because what you want to do, Bobby, is you want to, by the end of, of June of, of 2021, of, of next year, you want to be in a place knowing full well that, remember, you're adding a team the following October. You have an expansion draft to do. You have free agency to worry about. You have a, you you have an amateur draft that Seattle's participating in. You you basically want business as usual by June of the year 2021, and that's what everybody's pointing towards. All right, John. I'm going to throw a couple curveballs at you. Uh, I I threw a tweet out on the weekend regarding Kevin Lowe. Uh, Guy Carboneau is was a very good defensive player, three-time Selkie Award winner. Yep. He won three Stanley Cups. Yep. He was not an all-star in his NHL career. Kevin Lowe was selected an all-star seven times and won six Cups. Should Kevin Lowe be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I, I've been saying this one for years. Uh, it, it's uh, it's a no-brainer uh, that uh, that Kevin should be in the in the Hockey Hall of Fame for being what he was as the first pick of the Oilers uh, in 1979 and carrying a lot of the load uh, as a player uh, for the Oilers through those years and then winning winning the six Stanley Cups. There's no question in my mind that Kevin Lowe should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a little fun. Uh, and we got a credit where credit's due. TSN, it's a real good concept. Uh, they've taken a look at the seven historical uh, best-case teams. Certain parameters had to have played at least 225 games for that mm-hmm. club. Toronto was released today, John. They had five players from the last 40 years. 
on that team. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've not. Have they been to a Stanley Cup final in the last fifty years? By the way, no. I think it's fifty-three years since they've been to a final. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got a chuckle out of seeing that today. I just, you know what? It, it because. You know, Toronto's the only team in the league, John, that plays 82 games a year that's on uh, a TV 87 times. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, listen, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a combination of what the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox and the uh, L.A. Lakers and the Boston Celtics. And uh, the, in, in those sports, it's, it's, it, it drives the vote so many ways and it drives people nuts. But Saturday nights at, at, uh, at 5 o'clock Mountain Time, the Toronto Maple Leafs are on and... and uh, they have a fan base bigger than any other in North America because of it, and that's we end up talking more about the Leafs because there's more people wanting to talk about the Leafs. 14 uh, million people in uh, the province of Ontario, which, by the way, uh, when you look at the death rates in the country right now for COVID, Ontario's actually under uh, its population percentage. Yeah. So They've done a good job here. They've they? done a good job here. I mean, I, I, you know, social distancing is still a big part. And yesterday was the biggest test, Bob. It was the best weather day we've had. And the question is, is uh, will there be a rise this week? Because there was a ton of people on the streets and a ton of people trying to get out to just to, to, to shed some lactic acid after sitting around too much. But uh, it, it'll be interesting. You know, the, the, if you look at the 53 years, Bob, yep. you know, when you look at the Maple Leafs, the amount of total failures in the 53 years since they won the Stanley Cup. There's no team in hockey that has the, the list of failures that the, that the Maple Leafs have. You know, and, and, it, and it explains why guys like Daryl Sittler never went to a Stanley Cup final as a Maple Leaf. He doesn't Is get graded properly, in my opinion. What's that? He, does, he should be on that team. I don't agree. I don't okay. agree. I actually, uh, it, and I'll, uh, I can even, I even go farther than this. When we voted on, I was part of the committee that voted on the top hundred players of all time. Yep. I didn't have Sittler on my list. I don't think he. I, I think he was the right player at the right time, but he was not a great player. He was a good player, but he was not a great player. Uh, and I mean, when you look at Sittler and, and the hero that he is here, never went to a final. Dougie Gilmore as a Maple Leaf, only played here three years as a hero here, never went to a final as a Maple Leaf. Wendell Clark, great person, good player, never went to a final. All three these guys are icons in this town, and nowhere else would they be an icon. Yeah, uh, Wendell Clark had a lot of things that would have made it very popular in a lot of different markets. Oh, no question. But you know what? <laughs> you know, it, that's, that's the... Uh, that's the challenge of, of playing the game of hockey uh, with individual and making individual stars on guys that aren't on good teams. Yeah, it's it's always hard, and we've had this discussion before, John. Dick Duff, right? And I remember when I, I mentioned it to you, and Glenn Ander- and I know Anderson got in the next year, but yep. when Dick Duff got in in a six-team NHL, like to win six Stanley Cups when there's only 21 teams in the league, that's a pretty significant accomplishment. That's hard to do. Yeah. And, and the problem was the, the problem was that I won't get into it, and I do know a little bit of the background is that there were guys on the committee that held a grudge against Glenn, yeah. fairly or unfairly. They held a grudge. So it was political. It was very. Oh, hey, listen, everything's political. Hundred percent, it is. John, we'll talk on Wednesday, okay? Okay. Well, either that or I'll just show up as Drew. Hey, you know how many times I just had somebody text me right now? They've never heard me do that before. 
but the guy texted and said, look, you got two guys uh, that spent a lot of time at Sportsnet that are both a lot better than you, Bob. So that's why it happened. Well, uh, at least you and I have more hair. Oh. <laughs> and I know if I had to pick one of the two of you guys to fight, knowing how much time Drew spent in the gym, oh, no. <laughs> you and me would just go drinking. But Drew, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not touching that one. No, absolutely. All right. Thanks for your time, John. See you later. 149 in Edmonton. Just so you know, Drew is like, he full-on trains for martial arts. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. On a day-to-day basis. Uh, We'll come back with NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Put those numbers out earlier today. Uh just over the course of the last week that there had been 6,252 uh, COVID tests in Edmonton, 25 positive tests. Um, somebody, and then I mentioned 161,000 tests overall in the province. That's 37,000 tests per million. Uh, double the testing rate of BC. Alberta right now is about, I don't know, well, 5,700 positive tests in Alberta, 2,100 positive tests in BC. There have been over 40,000 tests done in Edmonton, 500 positive uh, so far to date. They do the updates at 3.30. You can hear that here in 6.30 Chet, 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen and I. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. And we are going to go to NHL today. It is brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, building tailored branded programs where your order is done on time every time. Elite Promotional Marketing, back in the 6.30 Chet Studios. Here's Brendan. Well, Both the Oilers and Canucks have submitted bids to the NHL to host games if the season does opt to continue or the league opts to continue the season. 11 to 14 teams are believed to have submitted bids and Bill Daly shared with us on Friday that Edmonton does tick a lot of the boxes if that is the route they decide to take. The Maple Leafs signed 26-year-old KHL defenseman Miko Lettinen, a one-year entry-level contract. He had 17 goals, led the KHL with 49 points as a defenseman across 60 games last year. Left shot, though he does play the right side. The Sharks landed 21-year-old Russian goaltender Alexei Melnichuk. He posted a 1.68 goals against average, a 9.30 save percentage in 16 appearances last year with SKA St. Petersburg. The Nashville Predators re-up with defenseman Ben Harper. They signed him to a one-year two-way deal. Yaroslav Halak signed on for one more year in Boston as well, Bob. Bakersfield Condor signing Jake Kulovich, who had a pretty good season down in Bakel this past year. Previously been with the Winnipeg Jets organization, uh, down with the Manitoba Moose. He's on an American Hockey League deal. Um, 
So, I mean, in theory, and again, I don't expect the HL to be back up and running. You could see Lagason with Bouchard at the start of the year, uh, Samarukov, Nimalainen, and Lenstrom. Uh, all in the mix on the left side. Kulovic uh, can play the right side, and I expect the Oilers to sign a right-shot veteran HLD as well. To this day in Oilers history, we already talked about it in the opening of the show. Curtis Joseph on the state back in 1998 was brilliant. Back-to-back shutouts against Patrick Waugh. And if ever there was a contrast between the... Patrick Waugh, let's just say he was a very confident goaltender. Now, he could back it up. No question. Terrific Hall of Fame goaltender. But Cujo outdueled him in games 5, 6, and 7 of their opening round series, Edmonton and Colorado, when the Avs were probably playing with the, twice the budget of the Oilers at that time. It was a great accomplishment for Ronnie Lowe and the Oilers players. Yanni Ninema's game-winning goal came less than five minutes into the first period. Remember, Bill Guerin scored on a breakaway in that game as well. Cujo with the 4 nothing victory. What's coming up tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins? You will hear from a senior NHL writer at Sportsnet, Chris Johnston, and uh, your partner, Jack Michaels, as well. All right, uh, that's from 7 to 8. We'll have the Global News Hour from 6 to 7. Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses at Horse Racing Alberta tomorrow. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. Special thanks to George LaRock, Drew Remenda, John Shannon, and you for joining us on today's show. Eileen Bell and then the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen Nye uh, coming up. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.